0: I'm so grateful that you've chosen to worship with us today. And for those of you that are watching online, welcome. We're so glad that you're tuning in. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Levinsky, and yes, it is my first name. I get this all the time, like, hey, what's your name? My name's is Levinsky. Okay, great. What's your first name? Levinsky. (laughs) I know it sounds like a last name, but it's my first name. It's Levinsky. And I serve as one of the pastors here. Pastor Jonathan and Erica are spending time with family. So he graciously asked me to give the word this morning. Church, aren't you grateful that we have a lead pastor who not only loves Jesus, but loves his church? want you right now, all across this room, give a standing ovation of appreciation to Pastor Jonathan and Erica for all that they're doing for this church. Pastor, thank you so much. We love you. Hope you're having a good time. All right, all right. Is anybody ready to hear from the Word of God this morning? I'm going to have to ask that again. Is anybody ready to hear from the Word of God this morning? I want you to turn your Bibles to John chapter 14. John chapter 14. John is uh, the book of John is one of the gospels. It's the last book of the gospel. There's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and then there's John. John chapter 14. We're going to read verses 1 through 7. John chapter 14, 1 through 7. Here's is what it says. Let not your hearts be troubled. And the truth and the life, no one comes to the Father except through me. And if you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you so much for the word that is alive and active, that is penetrating hearts. Right now, we just pray that you would open up our spiritual eyes so that we may see the things that you are doing all around us, in us, and through us. Father God, we thank you so much. We, open, we ask that you would open up our spiritual ears so that we may hear from you and that you open up our spiritual eyes so that we may comprehend all the things that you want us to comprehend. And all God's people said, amen. Today's message, it's titled, The Way the truth, and the life. The way, the truth, and the life. And this is Jesus speaking here, by the way. These are not my words, but his words. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And after this message, I want to give an opportunity for those of you who have not quite accepted Jesus into your heart. To make that decision today, I'm believing that if you open up yourself to the the Holy Spirit, to Jesus, who is the living king, who is seated at the right hand of the father. I'm believing that he's going to open up himself to you in a special way, in a new way, in a way that you have never encountered him before. And I'm believing that he's going to show you that he is the way, the truth and the life. Does anybody believe that today? Church, I've got a story to tell. Mackenzie. Mackenzie is my wife. She's sitting at the front row. Mackenzie and I just recently became a two-dog family. As if one wasn't enough, right? We became a two-dog family. You can put the picture up. That's the picture. Everybody say, aw. Yeah, that's Wally. Wally's the one to the left. We've had him for a while. He's about four years old, and he's in that picture, it just shows that he's, he's straight-laced, right? He's got it all together, right? And then you've got, you've got Willow over there, and she's the husky. She's the one that we just got. She's not even a year old, and she just is just lolly-dolly, like, huh? the world revolves around me, right, kind of thing. They're great. They're sweet dogs. They're awesome dogs. And if, if you get a chance to see them, you, you would love to cuddle with them because they're just cuddlers. And I really want to focus on Willow. Willow is sweet. She's awesome. But not only is she sweet, not only is she awesome, uh, she's also a runner. She loves to run away from me. It's not like I'm a bad owner, right? It's like I feed her, I clothe her, I give her toys, right? And it's like, what, what is the deal? She loves to run away from me. I don't know why. She just loves to run away. I remember the first time I got her, I went to Indianapolis and I had her in my arms, and she was cuddling me, and I'm cuddling her, and everything's all good. And next thing you know, she starts fidgeting. I'm outside. That's my first mistake. (laughs) She starts moving around. She starts maneuvering. And next thing you know, she breaks free, and she starts booking it. I'm like, what do I do? She starts running. I'm like, what? I'm not used to this. Wally doesn't do that. He stays close to me. She's running away. And so like any other good owner would do, they would run after their dog. So I'm running, I'm running, and I'm running. And next thing you she's running really fast. And next thing you know, I'm tripping and I'm falling. I still feel the pain on my side till this day. She's running. Next thing you know, I catch her and everything's all good. She's home. She's great. In fact, a few weeks ago, I had... Jacob Bartholo and Wesley Spears come over to watch her for Mackenzie and I as we prepare to go to college ministry to lead worship. Good night. It was great. It was awesome. We get done with that, we get home, we see Willow and we see Wally in their kennels. They're doing great or whatever. And I'm thinking everything's all good. Jacob says it's not good. She ran away. What do you mean she ran away? She ran away. She ran across the busy street, Bremer Avenue, and she found herself at the parking lot of Jimmy John's. <laughs> I guess she got hungry. She ran away. Just a few days ago, I, uh, she was getting antsy. Willow, Willow was getting antsy, and she was just showing me that she needed to be let out to relieve herself. So I'm a good owner, right? I feel like I'm a good owner. So I let her out. We got a fenced-in backyard. I made sure that the fenced-in door was shut so that she doesn't run away, so I let her out, and I'm thinking everything's all good. Ten minutes later, I look out the kitchen window that oversees the fenced-in backyard, and she's not there. She's not there. I'm over here like, where did she go? So I look and peek over to the side, and the fenced-in door was open. Oh, no. No. I'm over here panicking now. What do I do? I can't tell Mackenzie or she's going to get upset with me. I don't know what to do. So I'm over here trying to figure out what to do. So I run over to the side door, and I'm like, okay, maybe if I could just go and get her. She can't be too far away. So I open the side door, and there she is sitting down, all smiles, tells wagging, waiting for me to let her in. Phew. And, church, there are two things that I learned that day. Number one, I got lucky. I got real lucky. And number two, the place that I call home, Willow has decided that it is her home as well. She realizes that her favorite food is in my home, in her home now. Her favorite toys, her kennel, her favorite bed, the favorite couch that she loves to lay on is in her home. And how many know that there is no place like home? There is no place like home. And the same is true for Mackenzie and I. We love to take some time away, and when we do, we go grab a hotel, and often than not, we say things like, this hotel's great. It's awesome, but it's not home. It's not home. It doesn't have my favorite bed in it. It doesn't have that sense of smell that I'm used to. It doesn't have that sense of security that I like to feel when I'm at home. It's a great place, but it's not home. And church, this next part, you don't have to be super spiritual to really understand this. You don't have to really truly believe in Jesus Christ to understand this next part. But how many know that this world can't satisfy us? Nothing in this world could ever satisfy us. If I could just get more of this, if I could just get more of that, then I'll feel complete. I'll feel great. And then you get those things and you realize that you're not all the more satisfied. Maybe you have some money, and then you have this notion in your brain, if I could just get more money, then I'll feel satisfied. Or maybe if I can get that latest technology or the bigger car or the bigger truck, or maybe if I could just get married, or maybe if I could just have kids, or maybe if I could just be single, then my life would feel complete. And if you're blessed enough, if you're lucky enough, you get those things, and you realize that your life is not all the more complete. It's not satisfying. We're always longing for more. Why is that? The reason why we're wired this way is because we are not wired for this world. We are wired for something more. We are made for something bigger. We are made for something greater. We are made for eternity of life with Jesus. Come on, somebody. We are made to live with Jesus. We are made to live with Jesus. And I love the scripture here. It says, John chapter 14, verse two, in my father's house are many rooms. Everybody say many, many Many rooms. And if it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you see the word many in the Greek translation is pronounced polis, which stands for much great in abundance of. And so when I read that verse, Jesus isn't saying that I am preparing a place for a very select few people. I'm building a place for just a small group of people. No, I am preparing a place for you who call upon my name. I'm preparing for all the people who call upon my name in Asia, in Africa, in South America, in North America, because I have them in mind, and I am building a place because I want to be with them. He is preparing a place for you because he has you in mind. Did you know that Jesus was a carpenter? When he walked this earth, he built things. I can't imagine all the beautiful things that he built when he walked this earth. And even more than that, I can't even begin to fathom Begin to comprehend all the beautiful things that he is building even right now as he prepares a place for you. All the intricate things that he's putting in the the details and all of the, the doors and all of the trim, all of the details in the trim and all the baseboards. He knows what you like and he's preparing a place with you in mind. I know for me specifically, he's putting all my favorite snacks I love snacks. So he's putting all my favorite snacks in there because he has me and mine. He has you and mine. He is the way, the truth, and the lie. John chapter 14, verse 3 it says, And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going. How can we know the way? I love Thomas's response. Like, uh, Jesus, we don't know the way to where you're going. Aren't you supposed to know what we know? Aren't you supposed to know everything? Aren't you God, omniscient God? Shouldn't you know all this stuff? We don't know where we're going. Is this one of your parables? Is this one of your your your, your Deals that we have to crack again. Every time we ask, I ask a question, you always want to question me back. We laugh at Thomas's response. Like, he should know. But when we really look at the scriptures and we look at the interaction between Thomas and Jesus, I'd venture to say that all of us would be asking that same question. Where is that way? And I love that John kept this interaction In the gospels because it shows that Jesus is willing to work with the hard ones. Jesus is willing to work with the broken. Jesus is willing to work with the hurting. He's willing to work with those who are disappointed. Don't ever think for a second because you don't have your life figured out that whenever you come into a church building, the church is going to burn down. No, Jesus said, I came for you. I came for the broken. I came for the hurly. I'm the, I'm the doctor. I want to fix you. I want to have a relationship with you. I came for you. I came for you. I am the way. And so the first point is this, if you're taking notes, Jesus is the way. Jesus is the way. Notice that Jesus doesn't say, I'm a way, or I am a truth, or a life. I am the way. It's a narrow way into heaven. It's a narrow way into eternity of life with Jesus. It's a narrow way to the Father. You can't find it in your jobs. The the way to the Father is not getting it into the the salvation of your spouses or your loved ones. You can't find that way by earning your way. You can't find that way. I'm going to go there. You can't find that way in other religions. You can't find it there. You can't earn your salvation. And this is why Christianity is so different than all other religions because all other religions are saying, you have to do this. You have to do this to earn God's love. You have to jump through this this hoop or jump through that hoop. You got to go through all these different classes and you can't miss one because if you do, Jesus is not going to love you. That's what religion says. But Jesus is saying, I love you. No matter what, I've already died on the cross for you. You don't have to do anything. I have you in mind. All we have to do is abide in Jesus and believe in the words that he says. The word religion in the Latin translation is pronounced religere, which means to rebind or to tie up. So basically, what religion is saying is, Jesus, thank you so much for dying on the cross for me. Thank you so much for wiping all the sins that were bringing me down. Thank you so much for setting me free. Thank you so much for the chains that were wrapped around me, for breaking those chains. Before you go, Jesus, can I grab those chains and rewrap myself? I don't want to be free. That's what religion says. And Jesus is saying, no, I died so that you can be free. I died so you don't have to bear the weight anymore. I died so you don't have to bear that shame anymore. I died so you don't have to wear those chains around you because who the son sets free. Come on, church. He is free indeed. Come on, somebody. You are free in Jesus. And point number two is this. Jesus is the truth. Jesus is the truth. In this day and age where we hear so many voices speaking to us, we've got politicians, we've got talk show hosts, therapists, teachers, friends telling us what to do, where to go, how to live, how to be, it's crucial that we stay with Jesus. Because if it doesn't fall in line with the word of God, I would venture to say that it's not true. We have to stay with Jesus. Well, how do we do that, pastor? How do we stay with Jesus? We do that by staying in his word. In John chapter 1, verse 1, it says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And so if Jesus is God and Jesus is truth, then his word must be true. We have to study his word. We have to devour his word because it is truth for our soul. There was a man, a missionary man, who was commissioned by God, called by God to go to this remote village because the word of the Lord had not yet gone out there. And so he hears from God and he begins to study this people group. He studies their language. He studies their likes and their dislikes, their traditions, all of that. And next thing you know, he comes across what they believe, their belief system, what they believe to be true. And here's what they believe, church. They believe in the power of betrayal. They believe that it's an honor It's respectable to betray your fellow brother and sister. See, to us, we think that that's ludicrous, right? We think that that's crazy. Why would you do that? That's awful. But to them, they see that as truth. So this man, missionary man, he takes note of that. He prepares himself. He gets on a plane. He goes to this village. He he gets to the center of where they're staying, and he starts yelling off the top of his lungs, Listen up, brothers and sisters. Jesus, I've got good news for you. Jesus is the Savior of the world. He is God, and he wants to have a relationship with you. He wants to have intimacy with you, and he wants to be with you. This is the good news today. And you start seeing villagers come in, out from their huts or wherever they're staying or whatever, and they're coming in and little one by one. And after a while, a few thousands of them start sitting down, listening to what this man has to say. They're marveled. And so he continues the gospel. Jesus, he is born of a virgin. Her name was Mary, and he grew up to know no sin. And you could see their faces like, I've never heard this before. They were marveled. They've never heard the word of God before. They were silent. They didn't want to say anything because they didn't want to miss anything. And so he continues he starts saying, you know, the the gospel story some more. And he gets to the part where Judas betrays Jesus. And the whole entire village started to erupt. They started to celebrate. They started to go crazy. They started to get excited. They started saying things like, yes, yes, this man that you speak of, Judas, that's the man that I want to follow. I love what he did to Jesus. That's all they know. They believed in the power of betrayal. And so this man is like, the missionary man is like, no, no, no. The story doesn't stop there, there's more to this story. And he goes on and on about how Jesus died on the cross for our sins. Jesus had us in mind. We were doomed to death and hell. But Jesus died on the cross so that we may have life, so that we may be free. And not only that, but he rose again on the third day. And he is now seated at the right hand of the Father. Come on, somebody. Next thing you know, the villagers started weeping. They started crying. They started saying, oh, my gosh, would somebody do that for me? Oh, my gosh, who, whoever is willing to die for me, I am willing to follow him. This man that you speak of, Jesus Christ, this is who I want to live for. This is who I want to follow. Forget about the other nonsense that we used to believe. Now they don't believe in the power of betrayal. Now they believe in the power of love. That's what happens when you bring the word of God to somebody. It's living and it's active and it's for you. It is for you. Jesus is the way. See, back in the day, we used to introduce ourselves by our name and what we did for work, right? Hi, my name's Levinsky and I'm a pastor. What's your name and what do you do for work? Now it's, hi. My name is Levinsky, and this is what I believe. And you don't have to tell me what you believe, but if you do tell me what you believe, and it doesn't line up with what I believe, then there's going to be some hardcore judgment over here. You believe in unicorns? Well, I believe in UFOs, so you're one of those people. Keep your distance. There's only one truth, church, and it's in the word of God of God it's in the word of God it's Jesus the word of God says in John chapter 8 verse 31 and 32 Jesus says to the Jews who had believed in him if you abide in my word you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free see a lot of us know that scripture especially the second half of that scripture right The truth will set you free. But just that part of the scripture alone is only halfway true. It doesn't work if you don't apply the the first part. You shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. Church, it's not enough to have your Bibles in your hands and not open it. It's not enough to have your Bibles with you and not know what it says. It's not enough to put your Bibles on a shelf and let it collect dust and not know what it says or apply what it says. You have to do those things. You have to apply the word of God. You have to know the word of God. That is how we are set free. Jesus is the way, the truth. And the last point is this. Jesus is the life. Jesus is the life. What a bold statement. Jesus says that he is the life and you won't find it anywhere else. You won't find it in a bottle. You won't find it in drugs. You won't find it in sex. You won't find it in pornography. You won't find it in your work. Those things are all temporarily Pleasures. It's because we are meant for something more. We're meant for something greater. We're meant for something bigger. Jesus is preparing a home for us. He's preparing a place for us. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. See, I have a friend who used to be afraid of dying. And since then, he's come to know the Lord. And now his response is, I will never die. I would just journey on to my new life, a better life, a life with Jesus Christ. Jesus is the life. That's what it's all about. John three sixteen it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son so that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And so today you're probably thinking, man, I've been running away from Jesus. I need some life. I feel dead. Well, all you have to do is believe. Believe in Jesus Christ. I love what this man says about Jesus. I don't know who wrote this, but I love it. I saw it and I'm putting it in the message. It says the greatest man in history, He had no servants, yet they called him master. He had no degree, yet they called him teacher. He had no medicine, yet they called him healer. He had no army, yet kings feared him. He won no military battles, yet he conquered the world. He committed no crime, yet they crucified him. He was buried in a tomb, yet he lives today. Who is this man? It's Jesus Christ, come on somebody. And he wants to have a relationship with you. He wants to show you that he is the way, the truth and the life. And so once you bow your heads, I said in the beginning of this service that I would give an opportunity for those of you who have not quite accepted Jesus to be your Lord and Savior to make that decision today. Don't wait till tomorrow. Tomorrow is never guaranteed. You see, the word of God says that our life is but a mist, here today and gone tomorrow. And my prayer this morning, even right when I woke up, pray that for those of you who have not heard the gospel of Jesus and want to give your heart to Jesus for the first time, or maybe for the first time in a long time. Maybe you've given your heart to Jesus, and along the way you thought that you had it all figured out, that you could do this life without him, and you're realizing that you can't, and you need Jesus. This is for you. I've been praying for you pray that you would be bold. In a moment, I'm gonna count to three, and if that's you, I just want you to just lift up your hand, be bold and lift up your hand so that I know who I can pray for. This is for you. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. So with every head bowed and every eyes closed, I'm gonna count to three, and if that's you, I just want you to lift up your hand. Here we go, one, two, Three, won't you lift up your hand all across this room? I see that hand. One, is there anybody else? Be bold today. Two, come on, somebody. Come on. All right, you can put your hand down. Won't you stand all across this room? There are at least two hands of those that want to give their hearts to Jesus. I want to say that that's awesome. It's the greatest decision that you could ever make in your entire life. Believe me, believing in Jesus Christ. I wanna pray a special prayer and I want you to repeat it after me and believe it in your heart. And I want all of us to pray that prayer together. Pray this prayer. Say, Jesus, thank you for being my Lord and Savior. Thank you for choosing me. Thank you for loving me. Right now, I give my life to you. Help me to love you with all of my heart, with all of my soul, with all of my mind, with all of my strength. In your name, I pray and all God's people said, amen. Come on, can we give Jesus praise all across this room? I'm believing that heaven is celebrating right now. People are coming back to Jesus, coming home to Jesus. It's great. That's what we should be celebrating, souls being one for Jesus Christ. Right now, I want to invite the prayer team to come forward. And as they come forward, church, I want to let you know that we're going to worship Jesus one more time. The song, Build My Life. And I just want you to go after it. Celebrate him with everything that you have. For those of you who have accepted Jesus for the first time, now's your time. Go after him. In fact, there's going to be a number that's going to pop up on the screen. And if that's you, if you've given your heart to Jesus, want you text yes to 319 250 Text yes to that so that we can know who you are. We want to do life with you. You don't have to go on this journey by yourself. This is why we have community. This is why we have church. Come on. And if you have prayer needs, these wonderful people here are up in the front. They want to pray with you. They want to do life with you. And for those of you who have given your hearts to Jesus for the first time, confess that. Come forward. Come forward. Let somebody know the decision that you made today. See the word in Romans 9, it says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that the father raised them from the dead, you shall be saved. Won't you come forward and confess that to someone. We wanna do life with you. Church, I wanna pray a special blessing over you. And then we're gonna worship Jesus one more time here in this space. Father God, we thank you so much for these wonderful people that are here today. We thank you so much for showing up, for being here, for being the way, the truth and the life, for living inside us. God, we love you. And right now I pray a special blessing over these people that as they leave this place, that your spirit, your presence would go with them, that you would be with them, that you would protect them, that you would provide for them. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Come on, let's worship Jesus one more time. Come on, church. Thanks for joining us. We hope that this message was inspiring and encouraging. For more information about this message or about all things Crosspoint, check out our Facebook and head to our website at www.crosspointwaverly.com.